You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode number one. guys let's jump right on in today we are in the middle of one of the most crazy uncertain times in our world not just our country and this is affecting everybody we are releasing this first podcast in the middle of a pandemic and these podcasts the purpose behind them is to help you discover how to have peace and joy to the fullest in every area of your life. And right now, people need some peace. People need to access joy. People need to maintain and access some mental and emotional stability. We are in the middle of a pandemic global crisis. The COVID-19 virus is affecting everyone on the planet. The cases of people contracting this virus are going up every day exponentially and people are dying. Young people, old people, young children, people are struggling. People are right now laying in hospitals with ventilators trying to survive, to make it, to live. It's affecting our economy. It's affecting our government, our politics Everything is being affected. People are staying home. People are quarantined. It feels almost like a movie, and but it's very real. Emotions are high. And the nostalgia of staying at home and kind of quarantine and hugging up with your families and watching Netflix and Hulu and, and eating a lot out of the refrigerator, it's, it's, losing, its it's losing its novelty right now. It's really serious. And I wanted to come on and launch this early. We were actually going to launch this a month later, but we decided after talking with a friend that people need encouragement right now. So today I want to try to help you as best I can. I've spent the majority of the past 30 years plus encouraging, giving people hope, ministering to people, helping people get emotionally grounded getting some stability and peace in their life. And I want to come on right now and help as many of you as I can. So today's podcast is entitled Grace for COVID-19. There is grace for this virus. There is grace for your mind. There is grace for your emotions. And I want to address this head on. We're going to share five different things that I believe will really help you, encourage you, strengthen you, motivate you, reset your mind. The Bible says to set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. We're going to set our minds on what God is saying, what God is doing, you know, because we got to come up above sea level. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. I I talk about coming above sea level, what you see, you got to come above that and see higher to get your mind set on heavenly things. What is God saying? What is God doing? What are his purposes? And I believe that when you can get above sea level and you can start to get your mind focused on things above, things will begin to change for you in your temporary earthly realm. Folks, there's no trouble that's taken God by surprise. There's no 
pandemic and no crisis that ever takes God by surprise. We, we are people of faith. We are people of a different mindset. And faith is a refusal to panic. And we are not going to panic during this time. We're going to ground ourselves. We're going to get ourselves set. We're going to hear what the Lord is saying so that we can have perfect peace. The Bible says he would give us perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So let's get our minds reset. Let's focus. Let's stop concentrating and and concentrating on the bad news. It's the good news that sets us afoot. It's the good news that gives us stability and gives us a different perspective so we can act differently, talk differently, think differently, and touch people's lives with faith. We've got to reach out. We've got to be the ones that bring hope to this hopeless situation. And there is hope. And we're going to talk about that today. Grace for COVID-19. These podcasts are grace-based. And when you have a mindset of grace, things change. Our hope changes. Our perspective changes. And we can be the trumpet of hope in this generation to this world. And we need it right now. So let's jump right on in. All right. So the First thing we want to look at, we're going to look at five different points today. Number one, did God send the coronavirus to punish us? You know, there's some prominent speakers and voices and and people are all over social media right now saying that this virus is God's judgment on the world, on sinners, on this people group and that people group for their their sin and their rebellion and their turning from God and their mindless lawlessness. The question is, did God send the coronavirus to punishment? Folks, Jesus didn't send a virus to kill anyone. Jesus came to save everyone. God did not send a virus to kill anyone. He sent Jesus to save everyone. Jesus didn't come to judge the world, but to save it. John 3 and 17 says, God didn't go. This is the message translation. Listen carefully. I love the way this breaks it down in language we can understand. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was, he came to help to put the world right again. John three seventeen message translation. You know, if the coronavirus is from God, then all of our efforts are futile. Everything we're doing right now to curtail, contain, and find a cure for this virus is futile. Because if God does it, what can man do to stop it? All of our efforts are futile. The government might as well stop. We might as well get out and work to work with God to enhance this virus and perpetuate its spread. If we're the people of God and we want to help God out, then let's meet in churches. Let's get together and, and corral in hundreds and thousands of people and help God. Because if God sent this virus, we as the church should be helping God. This is nonsense. God is not furious with senior citizens, infants, and small children, saved or unsaved alike. God's heart is to help and to save everyone, not to judge. James 1 and 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. We we live in a fallen world, ladies and gentlemen. And just as through the disobedience of the one man, Adam, many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Romans 5.19, New International Version. It's important to understand that we live in a fallen world. We live where 
where someone long, long ago invited sin into the world through his disobedience to God. And so now the earth is under that curse. And so with that curse comes all kinds of stuff. Folks, listen, you know, we we haven't just had the coronavirus. There's been other things that have come about in our country and in our nation that have uh, happened in in uh, in we've had nine over 9 million deaths by abortion. We've had over 2 million deaths by hunger. We've had almost 2 million deaths by cancer. This is in, this is between January 1st and March 25th, 2020. So within, within just a few worldwide deaths from January to March, we've had uh, over a million deaths by smoking. We've had half a million deaths by alcohol. We've had uh, 300 to 400,000 deaths by HIV and AIDS. We've had 300,000 deaths by traffic fatalities. We've had 250,000 deaths by suicides. We've had over 200,000 deaths by malaria. We've had uh, over uh, 100,000 deaths just from the seasonal flu. This is just in a three-month period, and we've had almost 30,000 deaths by the coronavirus. The coronavirus isn't an illness that's rising above all these other tragedies. The earth is under a curse and it's 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 because we're under this curse that these things happen. It's not God's judgment on the world. I'm here to tell you today that we have Christ in us to overcome what the world is bringing against us and we should be the voice of hope. So God did not send the coronavirus to punishment. Some, some still live in that old covenant mindset that no longer applies in this generation and, and, and some are trying to enact that old covenant mindset into a new era of grace. The Bible tells us we have a better covenant with God, Hebrews 8 and 6. Christ is the end of of the law. He said in, in, in Romans 7 and 4, we can declare, I am dead to the law. Romans 6 and 14, I am not under the law. Romans 6 and 7, I'm free from the law. Uh, Romans or Galatians 3.25, I am not supervised by the law. Are you listening to me? This is so important. We've got to get this. Romans 7 and 6, I don't serve in the old way of the law. Uh, Romans 7 and 6 and Galatians 5, 13. I can live in the newness and freedom of the spirit. 1 Timothy 1 and 9. The law is not for those made righteous in Christ. 1 Timothy 1 and 9. Romans 10 and 4. Christ is the end of the law for me. I love that. So God did not send the coronavirus to punish us. If, if he sent the coronavirus to punish a people group, then why are certain Christians and why are godly people and why are people who are God-fearing and God-revering and God-worshipping, why are they getting the virus? If it was just sent, you know, God doesn't send scud missiles. If he wants to target something, he can target it exactly how he feels. God is not blanketing or mushrooming this virus to kill anyone because if he really wanted to kill a people group or punish a certain people group, then Christians would not be contracting this virus. Godly people would not be contracting this virus. Those who have proclaimed Jesus Christ as their Savior would not be getting this virus. Young children, senior citizens, the vulnerable would not be getting this virus if God wanted to wipe out a people group. We've got to stop with the nonsense. God did not send the coronavirus to, virus to punish anyone. Number two, does God want anyone to die from COVID-19? Let's answer this question emphatically. No, 
God does not want anyone to die from COVID-19. 2 Peter 3 and 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. If God wants to punish people groups and sinners and the rebellious who have turned from God and who have sinned against God, if he wants to punish those groups, then he would be keeping them from reaching repentance. His heart is very clear, 2 Peter 3 and 9, that all should reach repentance. God, if God's heart is for everyone to reach repentance, then why would he cut people off before they had the chance to repent? God doesn't want anyone to die from COVID-19. Every age group, background, spiritual affiliation, religious affiliation are contracting this virus. And so God is not in the business of wiping people out. Well, you have Jesus, so I'll kill you now because you're good. And I'll kill you before you reach repentance. That is contrary, folks. That is contrary to God's heart. We've got to stop again the nonsense on social media. There is grace for this virus. There is grace for those who are, who uh, it's, God is giving us an extension of grace. He continues to extend his heart to the lost, to the dying, to those who don't know Jesus. His heart is for people to live. His heart is for people to uh, be cured of this virus. We've got to stop telling people that God wants certain people to die from a virus. There is grace for COVID-19. Number three, is COVID-19 anyone's fault? Let me first say that this virus isn't really new. It was introduced 2,000 years ago on Calvary when Jesus took this virus and every other virus that is yet to come and he cured it. The virus isn't our fault. It isn't anyone's fault. Let's just identify the source. It's a bat's fault. It's a bat's fault. This virus started from a contaminated bat in the Wuhan district of China. I'm not being racist. I'm just identifying where the virus came from, okay? The virus came from a bat. It somehow migrated to a human, and now humans are transferring this virus to each other. This isn't God's fault. The Bible tells us that Christ redeemed us from the curse by absorbing it completely into himself. Galatians chapter 3, 13 through 14. The Bible says when Jesus hung on the tree, he became a curse for us. And when he became a curse for us, he absorbed this virus and took it away from us. By his stripes, we are healed. We need to be declaring that Jesus, listen, Jesus healed people in his lifetime that had not yet repented of their sins. He would heal them and he would show his kindness and he would show his love to them so that he could show them he came to the world to love the world, to save the world, to redeem the world and heal the world. That's why he came. There's no more curses to give because Jesus absorbed all of those curses, including viruses of every kind. So there is healing from this virus. That's what we need to be proclaiming. Instead of saying, whose fault was it? Where did it start? What country did it? Why didn't they tell us? What? We, guys, we need to declare that, G let's just get to the message. 
Let's quit talking about the problem and proclaim the good news. God doesn't want to get back at anybody. He wants to get to everybody. He's not trying to get back at us. He's not trying to get back at the world. He's trying to get to the world. He sent his son to the world. That's what we need to be declaring. COVID-19 is not anyone's fault. All viruses and sicknesses and disease come from the enemy, the, the evil one, the one who brings calamity and sin and darkness and death and dying. We identify the source. It's a spirit of infirmity. It's a spirit of uncleanness. It's a spirit of sickness. It's a spirit of evil. It's a spirit of disease. And the Bible says that when Jesus spoke over Peter's mother, he rebuked the infirmity. He called it from where it came from. So we've got to stop blaming sinners and stop blaming any people group on the earth for this virus. It's no one's fault. In fact, the virus isn't new. Jesus took this virus on his body 2,000 years ago, praise God, and he cured it right there and then. So let's start proclaiming the source of healing. Let's start proclaiming the source of goodness and forgiveness. And that source is Jesus himself. Number four, should the church pray to stop COVID-19? Yes, absolutely, positively, we should pray. Prayer is agreeing with God. We're getting on his page. God's heart is for this virus to come to an end. It's, it's literally aligning our will with God's will. Prayer isn't trying to get God to change his mind or his course of action but to position us to hear from him and respond accordingly. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything. That's the first step, folks. Let's calm our hearts. Let's calm our spirits. Let's get our mind. If you're panicking and freaking out right now, do it. Be worried. Be upset. Be, dis be discouraged. It's okay. Sometimes that's healthy to get that out. Don't try to stop your feelings and your emotions. But at the same time, you can bring those issues before God. God, I, I, I'm scared right now. God, I'm worried about my job. God, I'm afraid for my family. God, I, I don't know what to do. God, this is, some, this is where we've never been here before. And it is totally normal. Neuroscientists and people, people of, of studying the mind and the emotions uh, and how they work, they say that it's healthy to get your panic out. It's healthy. Don't repress your feelings. But Jesus tells us, that we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be worried. It's normal. It's healthy. It's okay. But when you bring those fears out, bring them to the Lord. Bring, don't, don't just go around declaring you're afraid and scaring everybody and worrying everybody. Bring your emotions before the Lord. Still your heart for a moment. And then it says, in everything by prayer and supplication, that's a big word for intensity in prayer, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So let's, let's take our anxiousness and our worry and our fear and pray about it. Turn your worries into fear. Listen, if, uh, turn your worries into prayer. If you don't have a prayer life right now, I can tell you the best way to get a prayer life going is take your worries and your fears and turn them around into prayer. Tell the Lord, I'm afraid, God, 
but I'm trusting in you and I'm going to be thankful. See, that's so important when you pray because if you can remember to be thankful for the things that you have, for the things that God is doing, for the good news, for the blessing that you still are with your family and that uh, that that he's holding you and he's keeping you steady and being thankful for the good things that God has given you, it helps you get a better perspective when you pray. You can still talk to God, still share your honest feelings, still still share your needs, but be thankful because being thankful guards your heart and mind. That's what the scripture says. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But it's very important that you infuse thanksgiving in the middle of those prayer of those fears. Because when you're fr- afraid and worry, you forget what God has brought you through, what God has already done. Just the other day, I had to cancel a major uh, weekend ministry event. I'm a traveling minister and I travel around the world and I I, 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 I minister in different churches and different congregations and I had to cancel a big event because of this coronavirus and it's a big part of my income. But you know what? I was worried. I was, I was concerned. I was like, okay, God, here we go. I'm going to get out on a limb and trust you again. And during this coronavirus breakout, uh, I, I got a check in the mail from a church that was concerned about me. I, I didn't reach out to them. I didn't ask them for anything. And they sent me the exact amount I needed for what I was going to be guaranteed for this canceled event, exactly to the dime. I'm telling you, God knows where you are. God knows your need. God knows what you are praying for and worried about, and he cares about you. He's not mad at you for being afraid. And he will supply your need and he will take care of you. And if anybody gets sick in your household, we're going to believe for healing for them. Right now, it's April 6th that this podcast is being released and we're right in the middle of it. And I have chosen to be thankful and take my fears and worries and put them at the feet of Jesus. Guys, it's not the power of our prayer that does anything. It's the power of God. He is a present help in the time of trouble. So we should be praying, we should be trusting, we should be worshiping, we should be lifting up the name of the Lord and trusting in his goodness. Guys, we have a lot to pray for. We need to pray for our government leaders. 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 4 says, first of all, we should pray for our kings and all who are in authority. We need to be praying for our families. We need to pray for the vulnerable. We need to pray for the healthcare community that God would surround them with a shield of protection. We need to pray for the sick. James 5 and 14 says, if there's anybody sick among you, call for the elders of the church to pray for them. We need to pray for first responders and pastors and churches. We need to pray for our economy. We need to pray for a cure. And you know what? I am convinced that this virus will stop. It will not wipe us out. God will bring it to an end. And we need to agree with God and pray in that way. We need to be the church. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, and we do know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. John 16 and 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Watch this, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Do I believe this virus will stop? Absolutely. And when we pray according to God's will, especially his revealed will 
in the word of God, we know that we will have what we have asked of him. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He's taking care of you. He will take care of you. He will deliver you. He will heal you. He will restore our economy. He will bring the church to a greater elevation and a greater level than they've ever had before. This is a time of revival, folks. This is a time where God is doing something miraculous in the midst of this curse and this attack and this evil virus. Jesus Christ has overcome the world and that's what we need to be doing. We do need to be praying. We do need to be unifying. We need to stop arguing. We need to stop being politically polarized. Come together, unite. Psalms 133 says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing that flowed down the beard of Aaron. I believe that we can invite the anointing power of God into our circles of faith, into the circles of our social networking, we can start proclaiming the good news and watch God do miracles all over the place. Listen, God is doing miracles in our homes. God is doing powerful things in our lives and we need to proclaim that. Let's start telling the good news. People are recovering from this virus. Hallelujah. People are coming to uh, 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 wholeness and they're, they're, they're recovering. We need to proclaim that good news. Hey guys, before we finish with our last few thoughts, just want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast here. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Give us as many stars as you like to, but we want to know what you're thinking. And this also helps us increase awareness to this platform so that we can get the word out to help others discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. Hey, thanks so much. And so let's get back into the content. It's going to be awesome. And I'm looking forward to giving you these closing thoughts. Number five, how should the church respond to COVID-19? 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, watch, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Look what's happening here. It's telling us that we are to respond with the same heart that our Father reached out to us. He gave us comfort. He gave us hope. He gave us peace. He gives us joy. He gives us confidence and boldness in the day of judgment. And that's how we are to respond to others. It doesn't quantify or qualify the people that we reach. It doesn't say reach these people with comfort, but don't reach them with comfort because I've poured my wrath on them so they don't get it. Only this people group gets it. It plainly says that we should comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. We should be speaking and writing and publishing and declaring words of comfort, life, hope, faith, joy, peace, and grace. We need to be giving grace to everybody. This should be, and by the way, this should be the message of the church at all times to all people anyway. But during this time, I'm so thankful to see the church step up and boldly take a hold of social media and, and the internet and the, and the 
and, and publicizing and proclaiming the hope of Jesus. It doesn't look like the church is shrinking back to me at this time. It looks like the church is stepping up in boldness and that's what we need to do. We need to be that voice of hope and peace and comfort because when this virus ends, there's gonna be people that remember what we said. There's gonna be people that remember what we did and they're going to remember that and they're going to have a desire either to connect or disconnect from us. So we need to be that voice. We need to take four personal responsibilities during this time. This is talking about how the church should respond to COVID-19. We need to be practical. We need to cooperate with our state and national officials. Stay home. Stay away from public places unless you really need to get essentials like groceries or, or health care or get to the hospital or get to the doctor, but be practical, cooperate with state and national officials. Number two, we need to be prepared. Get your groceries periodically. You can do online doctor visits through um, teledoctors, um, but you need to be prepared. And if you need to make a run every now and then for essentials, don't hoard everything in the store, but just gradually and cautiously get what you need. If you need to put a, a mask on, if you have one, wash your hands, be prepared. Number three, we need to be prayerful. We're talking about that in, in great detail. Let's get in alignment with God's purposes. Don't panic, pray, don't worry, worship. Faith is a refusal to panic. Number four, be positive. This is probably one of the most important of our four personal responsibilities. It's not a time to be polarized politically or bashing people. Proverbs 15 and 30 says, light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. We need to spread good news because literally good news can bring health into our body. It's the goodness of God, not the wrath of God that leads people to repentance, Romans 2 and 4 from the New Living Translation. Don't you see how wonderfully kind tolerant and patient God is with you. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? See, there it is again. We're telling people, some people are telling people that this virus was sent to judge the world and to punish people. But the Bible tells us very clearly in the New Testament, can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? I love Romans 1 and 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. It's the good news that revives the eyes. It's the good news that turns the heart. When you tell people that Jesus didn't come proclaiming death and destruction and judgment on the world, but when you tell people that Jesus came to love, to save, to heal, and to revive, the world, it brings good news and it enacts, it enacts a desire for salvation. It actually initiates, initiates the process of salvation in people's lives, bringing that good news. News flash, the bad news is over. The good news has come. This is such good word for us today. Proverbs 17 and 22, a merry heart does good like a medicine. The word, the word medicine there is is where we get our word antihistamine from. It literally dries up the disease, dries up the symptoms of, of, of sickness. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Folks, 
Sometimes what you need to do is you need to turn off the news during this period and watch something funny. Be practical. Make your make yourself laugh. Bring laughter into your home. Bring laughter. Uh, uh, science teaches us that laughter creates these endorphins that actually activate your antibodies to ward against sickness and, and disease. So we need to bring laughter. We, and I'm not talking about being nonchalant and, and dismissing and living in denial. We have trouble all around us. The Bible says that you should be pressed in on every side, but not, not shaken. You'll be perplexed and persecuted, but not crushed. Guys, we need to laugh. You need to, you need to do some fun things. Play some card games. Play some board games with your family. Come together and have laughter and have joy instead of sitting around in a huddle worrying about what's going on around us. The death angel will pass over the children of God. And I believe that we can proclaim that to the world that, 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 that Jesus has come to save us and heal us. Let's take that opportunity and make the most out of this moment because revival is coming to the church around the world and I'm already seeing it. Let's proclaim the goodness of God. Let's declare the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's bring joy into our hearts. Let's bring joy into the hearts of the people around us. God did not send the coronavirus to punish us. God does not want anyone to die from COVID-19. COVID-19 is not anyone's fault. The church should pray to stop COVID-19. And then we should respond as the body of Christ around the world with hope, with comfort, with life, with faith, with joy, with peace and grace, because there is grace for COVID-19. Hey guys, that's all the time we have left for today. I uh, was so thankful that we started <laughs> this whole season of podcasts in the middle of trouble, trial, difficulty, pandemic, virus, shutdown, lockdown, because you know when you start with Jesus, no matter where you start, it's always a good one because there's grace for every trial in your life. God has given you grace to abound. Uh, Superabound is actually what the word means in the New Testament, where sin does abound, where sickness does abound, where struggles and trials and tests abound. Grace does much more abound. And uh, God has given you grace for every situation in your life. Thanks for joining us today. Just want to remind you to subscribe, share, and leave a review. That'll help us get the word out to help people discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. Can't wait to share our next episode with you. And until then, we'll see you.